thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the way it's already, these hurricanes have, have diminished and even decreased their ability to cause destruction. We thank you for the, the progress that's been made, God. But Lord, we ask 100% all the way, absolutely no death, no destruction in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Amen. All right. What I need you to do is squeeze towards the middle, squeeze towards aisle so we can see what seats are available. We have some extra chairs if we need them, but let's try to, let's try to squeeze in. Okay, guys, there's some seats up here in the front, so yeah. come on up. And if you have children, let's keep the children here for just a minute. Um, we do have toddler church and kids church, but um, we're going to keep them for just another minute. So come on in. Find some space. There's a few more. Josiah, move those Bibles from right there. They, they're going to go with the girls. And um, there's one more up here. All right. There's four up here by Matt. You can take them over there to the girls. All right. They're coming. Okay. Um, I, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We have about eleven up here. So y'all can grab them. Come on over. There's two right there, two over here. All right. I think we, we've got s some good seats. We'll just, uh, people are still kind of hanging out, so that's good. We, um, we have a few announcements. Sam, do we have some announcements? So if this is your first time here, whether you're here because a hurricane ran you out of your house or because you are visiting and you heard we're coming to the east side and you wanted to see what it's all about, we would love for you to get out your phone and text in welcome to this number. If you've been coming for a while and you're like, I think I want to be a little more involved, you can text family to this number. So welcome or family. And we will text you back some fun stuff. It's kind of exciting. So we also have... did. Does anyone need that number again? Some people, it takes you a minute to get your phone out. Y'all need that number back up? Okay, it's on the card in your seat. I don't have a card with me, but you had a card. It's there. Okay, go ahead. Um, AYA, Awakening Young Adults, is meeting. Oh, real echoey. It's okay, though, right? We're in a gym. That's what happens. AYA meets Thursday at 7 p.m. at the plaza. If you text in... AYA to that same number. You'll get lots of information about that. All right, next. If you'd like to give, you can give through Tithely. You can give on our website. And I also brought the tithe box, which is, <laughs> we brought it over. The tithe box came with us. <laughs> so we will put it by the door on the way out. 
So if you guys, um, yeah, that would be great, Stuart. Thanks. Um, so it'll be on the way out um, if you guys just want to give old school check or cash. <laughs> we give that way too, so <laughs> um, it's hard to quit doing what you've done your whole life. Um, okay, so is that all the announcements? Awesome. Thanks, Tommy. Okay, so we, this is really fun to have you all here, and um, this is our first Sunday at the YWCO, and some of you have become members of The Awakening over the last year. We started a process in January of membership because we were trying to figure out who we were actually shepherding and who were being shepherded by other people just hanging out. We're good with both, but it's real helpful for us to kind of know the difference. So if you've already become a member of The Awakening by going through the 101 class and becoming a member, if you're like, I'm not sure if I'm a member or not, then you probably haven't done the 101 class. It's, pretty, it's, it's a real obvious kind of thing. So if you've already done that, stand up because we want to give you a piece of paper. Just stand up real quick. We'll do it fast. We've got some helpers. Go, Josiah. This is, go give it to these people standing up. If you've already become a member, not, it's okay. If you're becoming a member today, you don't have to stand up. I'm sorry, that was confusing. I, 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 that was my fault. Okay. Um, all right. Perfect, thank you. All right, y'all can sit down. Okay, if you completed a 101 class and have not yet come up front and become, said, I'm a member of the Awakening by coming up front, then I want y'all to come up today. If you want to become a member and you've finished the 101 class, come on down. This is your day. There's a bunch of them. We pass these out. So, isn't this an awesome-looking group of people? Amazing. So, we had two classes recently, and we've had a few people who've attended the class and just um, been out of town when we've had Membership Sunday. Um, and then we have some people that you've seen around forever, like the Gold Caps. We sent them on a mission trip. When we started doing Membership, they were in Africa. And so, they had to catch up. <laughs> so, um, how do you become a member of the Awakening? You go to a 101 class where we tell you what the awakening is, what you're getting into, and then you can make an informed decision if this is where you want to be or not. Josiah, those, you can keep those. Jesse's handing these out. Thanks, buddy. So uh, the awakening functions a lot like a family, even though there's so many of us. So it's really good for us to all get on the same page before people are like, this is my home. This is where I want to do life. Um, the awakening is called to to equip a community to release heaven on earth. And so the people standing up here before you are ready to run that race together. So, um, Jesse, you can come up here with us. So, um, so guys, thank you for wanting to be members of The Awakening. It's so fun to see you. Look how many people. I know. Megan, did you get a picture of all these people? Perfect. So we can, um, we got to check you all off the list that you came today. So we don't ask you again. I asked some people to come and I didn't check them off the list, but they forgave me. Um, <laughs> so, so as your pastors, we, we commit, commit to, to love, love God, God and, and love, love people, people, to preach the gospel, be honest with you, seek God on behalf of the church, 
to, to equip, equip the, the body, body of Christ, Christ as best we can. can. So that's our commitment to you. And church family, those of you who are already members, stand up and y'all have your part. Okay, I'll read it with you. As your church family, we commit to pray for you. We commit to stand with you face to face, shoulder to shoulder, and back to back. It's powerful. It really is. And it's true. We have your back. This group of people have your back. It's amazing. So as members, we would like for you to read your commitment to us. As members... Thank you guys so much. I know it's a little chaotic, but we go through this in great detail. They all know what they're committing to. They're just telling y'all. So we just want to pray for this group of people. So y'all stand up and reach your hands out to these people. God, thank you for the body. Thank you for the way that you knit us together. Thank you for the way that you, you pull us into your presence, that you draw us with your loving kindness, and that when we get there, we find people that we want to run with in this race called life. So we are so excited to run with this group of people here today. We ask your blessings, your abundance, your courage, your provision over each of these. Thank you for the way that you've brought them here to the awakening. Thank you for the plans that you have for this body, for what you've called us to in the city. May we each take our stand. Open these eyes to see and the ears to hear what you're doing, and be a part of it in our city. Yes, God, we thank you that each and every one of these members were created in your image, created as your masterpiece for good works and intimacy with you. And Lord, we just bless them with radical love encounters with Jesus to go further in their walk with you than they ever dreamed, thought, or imagined. And Lord, that they would grow in the knowledge of you, bearing fruit in every good work, living a life pleasing to you, uh, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might for the attainment of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to you, Father, who's qualified them to share in the inheritance of the saints. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank y'all. You guys can be seated. So the... Um, Children who are five and older can go to the, this way over here by the, um, the doors on this side. Y'all are released. You can go. And children who are four and under can go upstairs. That's where the four and under classroom is. If anyone's lost, Toddie can help you find your way. And Jesse can help you find your way. So. We'll figure this out. It'll take us a minute, but we're going to figure it out. Travis has got a new little contraption to wear. 
I call her Brittany. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you are. Rambo would never be caught wearing one of these. <laughs> I'm kidding. Maybe so. He was just, you know, they weren't out yet. All right, how are we doing? Check, check. No, we're going. You don't have to get That's all right. I'll use the handheld. Back to the handheld. We're going to figure this thing out, but it's going to take us a minute. Try to be Janet Jackson for one day, but didn't work out. Well, yes. Sam, if you'll get those uh, slides up there, I want you to do this. Please pick these. All right. Jesse sure. to the rescue. So here we are at the YWCO. How'd we get here? Well, I won't spend all day doing that, but we do have a few little highlights from our history. And so the awakening started um, about eight years ago, and Zuri was nine days old when we moved here from Texas to start the awakening. And we had five people, Travis and I, Josiah, Lydia, and Zuri. So they were three, two, and, no, they were three, one, and nine days old. So it was, you know, an adventure. And so this is actually a building just down the road from our house in Farmington called the Farmington Community Center. And you might recognize a few of these people. Um, Jessie Pollitt was in this picture. Now she's Mama Jessie Goodwin. A lot has changed since that picture. Um, Jessie's right here. And um, Matt Knoxle is here in the red shirt. Um, Toddy Benson, she's here in the cute scarf. Phil's over there in the cool hat. Um, so I can't, I'm not sure. I think that's um, Andrew and Annie McClure right there. Tommy, is that, that's not, is that you, Tommy? Oh my gosh, how amazing. <laughs> so this was in February of 2010. And um, it was our very first service at the Farmington Community Center. So there's another slide of that. Um, so uh, Whitey, do any of y'all know Matt Whiting? Whitey? Yeah, he, he led worship for us on that first uh, Sunday. Um, and so when they, we showed that picture, that's who was there. It wasn't like that was before church. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was who was there. Um, and so the next, we, um, <laughs> so you might have recognized, you might recognize this guy in the back. That's Mark Linton. So Mark led worship for us for a long time, and yep. the hurricane washed him up here this weekend for him to stand on stage at our first Sunday at the YWCO, which was such a blessing. Just by Rambo. And, um, and Phil's back there again on the cajon, and Josiah is, um, is like bringing it right there. So um, look how little he is. I know. And now he's huge. Oh, and then there was this time that United Pursuit came. We were having, so this is where we had church for quite some time. Um, we had church at um, 
the Civitan Club house. I've been telling people we had church at the Civitan Club, and I realized people thought that was like a nice resort. Those of you who went there, <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was um, a bro duplex house. on the east side. And bro house. And bro house. There it is. So um, United Pursuit came to that house, and, um, and we had lots of encounters with God there. And it got real full like that. So Jesse Pilkington told me that I, um, he didn't know where we were going to meet, but <laughs> this wasn't working anymore. People were starting to fall out the windows. So we moved on to what used to be called New Earth. And some of y'all don't remember New Earth when it looked like that, but that was... I think our first Sunday at New Earth. There's Mark again, and Kyle and Blake with very different hair. Um, Hannah, you've done a great job. Um, so um, Kyle and Hillary now live in San Francisco, um, and I think Phil is also in there, but he's usually behind somebody, so there you are, Phil. Um, so Oh, I missed the arch bar. That one got stuck in the wrong place. Okay, so we were at Livewire, and many of you have been to Livewire, and it went through a transi transition to become New Earth um, right before we left. This was in between, look, that's Zuri. Our kids kind of grew up with the church. So this is at um, the arch bar, and that's where we met right after um, between um, Farmington Community Center and the Civitan Club. We met at the arch bar. And so these are pictures from the Arch Bar. It's um, a kind of across from um, the far south. It's across from Fuzzies. That's right. So we met there, and there was always, it was like the 60 Minutes commercial. Like Travis's face was blacked out because the sun shone behind him. You really couldn't see him. He could see us really well. We couldn't see him. So... For the last... If you're on the front row, you had to wear a sunglasses. It's true. It was really bright. Um, so many of you have been with us through the whole journey. And we say we follow the breadcrumbs because we really don't know what's next. We don't know. We are excited about what's next, but we don't know. And this building has been a part of our community for as long as we've been around. Um, my children come to summer camp here. and. It's just been right here waiting for us, and it's the time now for us to be here. So it's really exciting. We, um, I'll let Travis share kind of about how we ended up here. Yeah, so we, we transitioned from Livewire to here. Uh, Jesse Pilkington and I were praying together one day and really heard the Lord speak and say, make room for the kids and let the adults figure it out. And at Livewire, we, it was mainly a space for the adults, and the kids kind of had to make do with what was, what was there, and it served its purpose for a season. It was a good, really great five years there, but we had to, you know, you got to tell your other people that the kids' ministry is by the bar. Um, it raises some eyebrows, which we didn't really mind that, but it wasn't a great space. And so uh, we... Once we really felt like God gave us that word, we, I felt compelled to move with it pretty fast. Told Jessica, he's like, why don't we call the YWCO? Called Jesse Goodwin. Yeah, nobody uses it on Sundays. Beautiful. What is it going to take? And ended up uh, being a super fair price and available, super, 
great people to work with, super easy to get in here and, and do what we needed to do to set it up. And so we're, we're so thankful for this spot. And we, uh, you know, we were asking ourselves, why didn't we see this place before? And part of it was, you know, it just wasn't the time to move. But I also thought it was like, it wasn't a year ago they got air conditioning here in here, right? So we would have had a big attic fan going. And uh, so it would have been a little distracting with the attic fan. But this is how we ended up here. We asked you guys to help uh, raise money for um, up and above our, our normal budget to move in here. And you guys answered the call. So we thank you for, for giving towards this. This is uh, the fruit of your wallet right here in front of you. So thank you for giving. Yes. And so this stuff was delivered throughout the last month. And um, there have been um, a lots of brain power, lots of muscle behind it. It doesn't just show up. We don't show up and it's like this, you know. So um, Jesse has really put this whole thing together, all the little pieces of the puzzle. You'll and give Jesse a hand. Yes. Yeah. I don't know where he is, but... He's amazing. He's done such a great job pulling people together and making this happen. And Stuart Graham has spent all week right here doing this. Yeah. And so thank you, Stuart. And, um, Sam. and Sam figuring out how to make it sound good. And it's just fun. It's really fun. I was overwhelmed this morning when we were worshiping before most of you got here. And I was thinking, I think I'm overwhelmed because... You can't do this with two adults and three children. Like this takes a body. And so there were so many people here this morning and so many people thinking about what needs to happen and, and how to do this. And so it was just really, it's really beautiful to be a part of something so much bigger than yourself. And so I'm really thankful for each person that, that has added to this, but the, and then there's people that, that no one sees that we can't thank, we can thank them, but they're not here. Like Gary Langford, who's the sound person at Convergence Church, which is the church we're planted out of. And Gary gave us his time and energy and his, um, he helped us purchase all of this through his account so that it, we got it at a discounted rate, which is really such a blessing. And, um, Steve and Marcy Fish and Amber and Chris White, who are our board members, who help give us courage to even make changes like this, because it's, it's scary. And um, Randall Baker, who's, who prays for us and gives us guidance and direction, that all those people are part of what makes this happen, because it takes, it does take muscle, it takes a lot of thought and a lot of um, different you know, looking at it from different sides, and those people have been really instrumental in it. So thank you all for the way that you've rolled with us over the years and followed the breadcrumbs, and it was fun because I was taking videos this morning because I was like, this is another breadcrumb that I'm going to show on a video one day, <laughs> and so I wanted to make sure I had great pictures, and it was a great time of worship this morning. Yeah, amen. Well, also... Uh, just thank Jesse Goodwin as well. She's been our main contact with the YWCA. Thank you, Jesse. Well, uh, I want to share with you this morning. In case I don't know if we ever introduced ourselves, and we got a lot of new people. This is my wife, Jessica Gay. 
I'm Travis Gay. We pastor the church along with uh, Jesse Pilkington, our associate pastor, and we have Megan McGee uh, is our ad administrative. McGee, what a McGee. Sorry, Megan, forgive me. I know that's your last name, McGee. Um, and uh, she's our administrative whiz, and then we have Blake Lewis, who's our, our worship leader. And so, super blessed to work with them uh, for the awakening. Uh, I, I want to share just a quick word before I, I get into my sermon. This is preachers, they got like, sometimes they got three or four sermons. But um, you ever been to a service where they had a one-hour love offering taken up? Uh, maybe y'all haven't, but it's, you, you think you're done and you're like, oh, that was just the offering. Okay, there we go. I want you to turn to, in, in the Bible to Isaiah 33. Open your phone up, whatever you got to do. <clears throat> we live, we're, we're in a turbulent time, but um, you think about this, the, the world's actually is just pretty turbulent <laughs> throughout the ages. I think about, can you imagine living in the United States during the Civil War? How, I mean, I just can't fathom that. Like, we're, our country is going to war against itself. You think about World War One, World War II, uh, Vietnam, Korean conflict, the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. You got the 70s that, you know, had all kinds of things. You hit the, the 80s. I mean, you could go, every decade, it's, it's got its stuff. You know, right now we're in a sh kind of a shaking time. Yes, Lord, you're welcome. We welcome you in this place. Um, and so it's a lot of what can happen is there's, there's actually such a thing as fear, a spirit of fear, a spirit of paranoia that cripples you. It will absolutely cripple you to not act, but just only to respond. And, you, and, what may, and what that spirit does is it makes you feed off somebody else's lead. Somebody's like, well, this is what I'm blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, what they said, instead of listening to what Jesus is saying about this. And so in Isaiah 33, verse 6, let's actually start in verse 5. It says, the Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Verse 6, this is the key. He will be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge, and the fear of the Lord is his treasure. So, it's saying right here, he will be the stability of your times. So whether we were born 100 years ago, whether we were born in the early 1900s or we're, whatever, there's going to be turbulent times. Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Somebody say amen. amen. Jesus has overcome the world. Now I want you to turn, go to verse 14. So this is that spirit of fear and terror, paranoia that people can 
allow to influence them or buy into or carry. Sinners in Zion are terrified. Now he's making the distinction between those who know the Lord and, and those who don't. And he uses the word sinners as those who don't. Trembling has seized the godless. Who among us can live with a consuming fire? Who among us can live with continual burning? The answer, verse 15. He who walks righteously and speaks with sincerity. He who rejects unjust gain and shakes his hands so that they hold no bribe. He who stops his ears from hearing about bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking upon evil. Where are these people going to live during turbulent times? Verse 16. He will dwell on the heights. His refuge will be the impregnable rock. His bread will be given him. His water will be sure. So even in the worst of times where there's food shortages and water shortages, electricity's out, God makes a promise that, he, that your food and water will be there. Now, David even said this. He said, I've never seen the righteous begging for bread. And I have men, Brian Pulliam, were actually talking about this because when there's nothing uh, wrong with uh, storing up stuff as long as you plan to share it if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you're, you have, you've been commanded to love your neighbor. And so if you got a warehouse full of food, that's awesome. You're going to be able to feed a lot of people. But the thing is, we're not hoarding it up for ourselves. We don't, we don't have fear because if, say you had a gym full of food and you're feeding the, the east side of Athens, it's going to be gone pretty quick. So you're going to have to actually, we have to trust God that he would actually provide bread and water. Because ultimately, that's the stability. There's, that, there's, there's zero security. What, what these hurricanes and these natural things kind of reveal is what's really temporary. And we have to lay our foundation, our hearts have to be secure in the Lord. That is like, God, I'm okay if, some, if everything would be wiped out. Now, this is another thing I want us to understand. Where the hurricanes come from, I, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, there's, there could be multiple reasons. One of, the, one of the things is creation is in birth pains. It's, it's convulsing with birth pains. And so stuff like this can happen. That could be a reason. It also talks about in the Bible, it says that the, the devil is the prince of the power of the air. He can make some stuff happen. But that's not really my concern. I'm not concerned with why these things are happening. I'm concerned with how Jesus responds to these things. So what did Jesus say when the storm came up? Peace, be still. And he walked on it. He said, Peter, come out and join me. It's fun out here. That's my concern. I don't have to know where it comes from. I just need to know what Jesus says about the storm. Because he's the stability of our times. Me not knowing how it happens, why it happens, that's not what my stability is on. It's on how Jesus responds to those things. And so he's the rock. And it says he will lift us up on high. Do you know what it means to dwell on high? It means you're in, living in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, where it says, If you've been raised up with Christ, seek the things that are above. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Set your mind on things above. That's dwelling on high. Set your mind on things above, 
not things below that are on the earth. For you have died and your, your life is hidden with God. And so Psalm 27, David said, you lift my head up above my enemies. So you got to imagine this. You got all this chatter on the earth. Fear, paranoia, spreading fear, paranoia. David said, you, lifted up my, you lift my head up above my enemies. What does that mean? I think one of the reasons, I think one of the meanings is I hear from, from heaven. I hear what heaven's saying. I see what heaven's seeing. I, my mind is set on things above. I'm thinking about the things that are above. I'm not thinking that there's no hope because it, one of God's names is the God of all hope. And so it's, we're not in hopeless situations. We don't fear death. We don't fear death. At least we, we shouldn't. And maybe we fear death a little bit and we, we don't, but we need to get all the way to the end, myself included, where we don't fear death at all. Because death isn't, it's just a door. It's just a door. And it's a door for everybody, but not everybody. It's not going the same place for everybody. Verse 17, when we live from this high place, your eyes will see the king in his beauty, and they will behold a far distant land. So we fix our eyes on the Lord. It's, it's, it's really simple. Guys, get when, some, when you don't know what's going on, find you a word to stand on. Find you a word to stand on. Because I'm just, you know, Friday, Saturday, I'm, I've got loved ones in South Georgia that I love. I've got loved ones in, in Middle Georgia. I've got friends in Florida. I don't want to see Florida completely wiped out, and it's not going to be, praise the Lord. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a little, tr I'm troubled, and I'm burdened. I was like, God, I need a word. I need a word. And I got Isaiah 33, 6. He will be the stability of your times. He will be the stability of your times. I was like, thank you, Jesus. And then I... I went and read the passages about what Jesus did in the storm. He was asleep. He was asleep. Twice. Unless Mark and Matthew are telling the same story. But twice in the Bible, he was asleep. And he calmed the storm and he said, he said, why do you doubt? You have little faith. And it's not a, and Jesus says that in like the kindest way possible where you're just like, yeah, Lord, you're totally right. I want to believe more. And, and when we come to him and say, God, I believe, help my unbelief. He loves that prayer. There's no shame in that. I pray that all the time because I know there's unbelief in me that needs to get out. It needs to get out. And so when you pray that, he's going to come because he, nobody wants you to believe him more than he does. If one of my children, if I said, hey, I got a steak waiting on the, on the dinner table for you, like, I don't believe you, Dad. Uh, I just cooked it. I don't believe you. Can't you smell it? I know, but I don't see it. Well, just walk into the kitchen. You'll see it. No, I don't believe you. That would break my heart. I was like, son, I, I, just, I just made this, this juicy steak. You get to eat it. And, but we don't, we can even smell the promise, but, we, but sometimes we just don't believe 
that our God's good. And that's, that's the problem. All right. Moving on, Philippians chapter 2. Turn, turn to that chapter. This is uh, starting in verse 14. Last week, we talked about the attitude of Christ that verses 5 through 11 goes through. How he took the form of a servant, took human, uh, the form of, of a human, became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess, every knee will bow at his name. And every name includes anything that has a name. So like sickness, it's got a name, like a uh, diabetes, it's got a bow because it has a name. Cancer, it's got a bow. We contend for these things. We press into these things. And sometimes we don't always see it manifested in our lives, but it doesn't mean it's, it's not true. It doesn't mean that we stop. Because if you, if you tried riding a bike and fell off the first time and didn't get back on, it's like, I guess it's not God's will I ride a bike. Nobody thinks like that. Nobody thinks like that. But we just, God said the righteous man falls seven times and rises again. That's what, that's a, one of the thing, the characteristics of righteousness is you're like, God, I didn't see it happen. I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. I'm going to believe what you say over my experience. So Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16 says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. So again, Paul, he's speaking like a father in this chapter. He's ministered, he's helped start the Philippian church and he's, he's, he's a proud daddy and he's, he's got children over there and he's like, do this. You bless my heart if this is this was the attitude that you would take. And he went on, talked about Jesus' attitude. Now he's talking about do all things without grumbling or disputing. So uh, this week, the Holy Spirit asked me a question. He said, do you, do you want to stand out in a crowd? Don't complain or grumble. What kind of music are you making with your lips? Songs of deliverance or songs of hindrance? And so that's really... The fruit of our lips are doing two things. They're either hindering or delivering. When we grumble, when we complain, it's a hindrance. It's a stumbling block that we're not only setting up for ourselves but for other people because they can buy into what we're, what we're saying. Or we can be like, nah, you know what? There's hope. God's got a way. He's got a solution for every longstanding problem. He works all things out for the good. But part of not grumbling or complaining is, is, is knowing what God says about things. So that's why it's, you hear us say this. You got to get back. You, know, you just got to read this for yourself. 
Whenever you come on a Sunday morning to the awakening, this is dessert. You should already have appetizer, meal, third course, whatever you want to say, and then this is just a cherry on the top. God's given you, in 1 John chapter 2, it says he's given you the anointing to be, to teach, meaning you can, he's going to teach you. He's, Holy Spirit, I'm just trying to say what he says, and he can tell you the stuff maybe I say in, in private. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he wants to teach you. He's the teacher. He's the one that wrote this. He knows all the different layers and depths and good stuff that's, that's in this thing. And so, one of the hallmarks of the normal Christian life is that we are a people of hope. You ever, you know, I, I have a personal training business and I have a few clients that I really love. They're, they're great, but they're complainers. They're complainers. But I know they're going to make it through the workout. They don't know, though. I was like, you're going to do it. You're fine. All right, just give me five more. I'm not looking at anybody over here. But. John, I trained John and Sydney. They're the opposite of complainers. They're like, come on, yes, Travis, we love this. Well, yeah, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But <laughs> They're awesome. And so uh, we also don't have a pulpit up here. We got a wooden pulpit. We're going to wheel in and out of here. I'm just, I'm just teasing. So God has a solution if we trust him. So what do we, um, how many things are we supposed to complain or, or not complain or grumble about? All things. And this word is actually saying that this is one of the ways that you shine your light. This is like practical Christianity 101 right here. What is, you want to shine in your workplace, you want to shine at school, you want to shine in your, your spheres of influence, don't complain or grumble. It's that easy. Don't join in. Somebody's complaining, that, uh, you know, do this, they should do that, they should do this. You know, you don't, you know, I, I um, joked around with Jessica. I was like, yeah, I mean, Maybe that kid should have not thrown an interception, but I, I, I probably would have thrown like 10 interceptions. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm not in that guy's shoes. I don't really know everything he's going through. And um, so we don't complain or grumble. And it actually says that you will shine a light. You will actually prove yourself as a blameless, innocent child in a crooked, perverse generation. Is that not amazing? You don't complain and grumble and this happens. It's like, okay, Lord, I can do that. But James says that the tongue is, it can be like a fire. It can go out of control, and it's, it's a rudder on the boat. It steers your life. And so we, it, this, isn't, this sounds like one of those things where like, man, I'm just going to grit my teeth and try not to complain or grumble. No, you need Holy Spirit. Holy, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. That's Holy Spirit's fruit. That's not your fruit. That's, one other, that's another reason that, like we were talking about in Isaiah 33, the, 33, the stability, Jesus is the stability of our times. He's the self-control of our times. He's the one that gives you the ability to not get worked up in fear and paranoia when the world is crying out chaos, the house is burning down. 
people are, even other Christians are saying, God's angry, he's judging. I was like, he may be angry, he's not angry at me. I'm covered in the blood. I'm covered in the blood. And I think this is, I believe that Jesus, this is what I believe about the judgment. Jesus paid the price for sin on the cross. And now we live in a time of grace. He says he reigns on the righteous and the unrighteous. So we're living in a time of grace where men have the opportunity to turn away from their sins and accept Jesus Christ. But there will be a day when you do have to give an account, and that will be judgment day. That's when judgment will happen. That's judgment day, but it's not right now. Does that make sense? So we're living in a grace. This is grace. There's mercy. Mercy's been released at the cross. Mercy's been released at the resurrection. And so men, righteous or unrighteous, have the opportunity to turn to the Lord until he comes back, judgment day. And now the judgment day for the Christian is here's your reward. This is what I gave you. Were you faithful with what I gave you? Here's your reward. It's not a judgment of condemnation. But those that don't know Christ, it will be a judgment of condemnation because they refused him. That's blaspheming the Holy Spirit when he's been tugging on your heart for years and you say no. So, we are a hope-filled people. We don't grumble or complain. And hope inspires courage. You know, William Wallace, Braveheart, probably my favorite movie of all time. I'm biding my time to Josiah can watch it. He, he asked me every other week, is it time to watch Braveheart? Son, believe me, I want you to watch it, but not yet, okay? <laughs> you know, we're still, you know, we're doing some of this stuff right here in Braveheart, all right? I used to, anyways, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not going to get off track. So William Wallace said, men don't follow titles, they follow courage. It's hard to have courage if you don't have hope. William Wallace had a hope that Scotland could be free from England. Therefore, he had courage. That's what spurred his courage on. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 13? What are the, things that, what are the three things that remain? Faith, hope, and love. Courage is not in there. Why is that? It's because it's a fruit of those three who are the most courageous people in the world? They know for the, for the gospel, they know how much Jesus loves them. It's not the man or woman that can, I used to think this way and I think it's okay for a season until father tells you there's a better way. But I was, I really identified with, uh, what's the Eldridge book? Wild at heart, good. it's really good, really good. And I'm not even down in that. I'm saying that's like, that's part of what we need uh, to identify with. But it's also not everybody's uh, likes the woods and stuff like that. And that, that's good too. That's, so it's not like a, the full definition of what a man is. But when I, when I was first learning that, Jesus, you're a warrior. Yes, God, that's, that's why I've been uber competitive all my life. That's why I get so upset when I lose. Thank you, God. You know, and 
No, it's, but you're like, what? When you're getting out of religion, you're like, Jesus, you're wild? What? You're a wild man? You turn tables in the temple? What? And so you're, you're like, yeah, it's, it brings freedom. But what I found my, in my work is I, I was working, working myself up like I was getting ready uh, for a basketball game or a football game. It's like, like we're in the locker room, like, yeah, baby, we're going to do outreach tonight. We're getting hyped. Jesus, you know, dabbing, whatever you got to do. And, and then you get out there in the moment, like a rejection hits, you're like, mm-hmm. The balloon got the air to let out. Man, I'm not quite as hype anymore. It's because Jesus never wanted you to live that way. He doesn't want you to live off hype. He wants you to live off love and faith. You don't live a, you don't live a life of emotion or feeling. or Those things God gave us, they're good and they're blessings. They're not your master. But you live a life, the life you now live, you live by Faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself up for you. That's the life we live. Not getting hyped up before you even do ministry. And the thing is, whenever I was looking at that, I was like, I'm a warrior for Jesus. I'm right here. Jesus is over there, and we're going into war together. Let's cut some demon heads off. Jesus, are you ready? And now, you know, I'm expecting them to look at me and do. And then we do one, two, three, ah, you know, and we're just slaying beasts. Well, I had, a, I had a vision one time that that very thing was happening. Except I looked over at Jesus, and he was standing like this. He went, just smiled and shook his head. And I'm, I'm battling demon creatures, ugly. And I'm, I'm, I'm defeating them, but there's like 10 billion behind them. Like it's never going to end. And I look at Jesus and I'm like, why aren't you fighting? He says, I can't fight with you all the way over there. You got to be in me. I was like, I don't, but I want to fight for you. He just went, you can't do that. You got to be in me. And I knew in that vision what God was revealing. He says, Travis, you still want some of the glory. (laughs) You still want some of the glory because I didn't want to be hidden in him. I wanted to be known. Look at this guy fight for Jesus. Noble cause. But look at him fight for Jesus. Man, Travis Gay. Wow, warrior. That's what comes to my mind, warrior. I mean, Jesus is awesome, but Travis Gay, I mean, he's a warrior. That's kind of what I wanted. And so in that vision, I finally submitted, and and I, it's like Jesus was standing, and I came behind him, and I just went, boom, stepped into him, and I was completely gone. It wasn't some kind of morphing where it was me and Jesus sharing a face. He didn't have any of my characteristics. I was gone. 
It was only Jesus because I'm hidden. But guess what happens when I'm out here, warrior Travis for God? I'm going to die. I'm going to get, eventually, I'm going to get my head cut off because I can't lift my arms anymore. Meanwhile, Jesus is, and when I stepped into Jesus, he had a sword and he was like, and it was like, you know, this energy thing went, hit all the demons, you know, all your epic war battle movies you've ever seen where one dude does that. And so it was, I remember just out of that vision, I was like, God, I thought I wanted you to receive all the glory. Apparently I don't. I don't want to live that way. And I want, to, I want to live in you. And so that's what we're learning how to do. We're learning how to live in him where we have hope, we have faith, we have love, and it doesn't run out. He's the, the well that doesn't run dry. And that's part of what our, we're learning in our journey is not is how to abide, simply abide with the Lord. And it means you're dead. You're now alive in Christ. You're not alive outside of him. You're alive in him. I also had a uh, picture recently of uh, that hope. I, I didn't even remember the scripture, but I had a picture that hope was like a person, and he put on this helmet, and it was like a battering ram. And I just saw hope just went and busted through this door. It's like hope's like a battering ram. God, is there a, is there a scripture about that? First Thessalonians 5, I was like, when I found this, I was like, yes, yes. Verse 4, it says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day, this is 1 Thessalonians 5, starting at verse 4, that the day would overtake you like thief. You, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day, the day you're living in, it's not going to overtake you like a thief. You're not just trapsing along in life and then stuff happens that's tumultuous and you're like, oh, where did that come from? I am unstable in all my ways. Verse 5, for you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, the breastplate of faith and love, and then this, bam, shakalaka, helmet, the hope of salvation. My picture was true. But it says hope is the helmet of salvation. Salvation, the hope's busting down those doors. It's busting down those doors. And it's, it guards our minds. So when all these bad reports start rolling in, what's guarding your mind is hope. It's like, no, God's, God's bigger. He's got a way. He's powerful. Nothing's impossible for him. That's one of the best things you can ever say. Nothing's impossible for God. Nothing's impossible for him. Jesus is with me. That's another good one. Nothing's impossible for you, Lord. You don't have to have the answer. You don't even have to know what God's going to make it look like. You just say, Lord, nothing's impossible for you. I don't know how these hurricanes will die, but I know that you can make it happen. Nothing's impossible for you. 
So that word sober means self-controlled. Be alert and sober. Be self-controlled. This is what we're talking about. Don't. We're, we're meant to be rocks and lights. We're not thrown around. We're representing Jesus that way. There's a contrast between those who are of the night, who are asleep and drunk, which represents those who are without self-control, and those who are of the day, which means you have self-control. You're sober and of the day. And so this is one of the ways that we love God's with our minds, renewing our minds and having hope in any situation. If you have hope of becoming a doctor, you say no to certain, certain things. Like as a guy study, I've got this 10 years down the line, I'm gonna be a brain surgeon. So I've got to study today. I've got to study biology 101 right now. You have, you have hope of being an Olympic athlete. Buddies want to go out drinking. He's like, listen, if I drink tonight, uh, I won't run very fast. So I got to say no. So you, have, you say no to things. When you say yes to things, you say no to other things. When you say yes to hope, you say no to, to the thoughts that are not hope-filled. Complaining is actually a sign of unbelief. Turn in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Complaining is a sign of unbelief. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, capital letters, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, capital letters without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. What's Paul mean when he says avoid such men as, as these? He says, doesn't mean you don't hang out with them, you don't try to minister to them or whatever, but their voice doesn't have an influence over your life. Their voice doesn't carry weight. So complaining indicates that you actually have faith in the devil. Giving thanks indicates that you have faith in God. Complaining means you have faith in the devil. Uh, Bill Johnson says it this way. He says, complaining proves nothing except that you can hear the voice of the devil. It's easy. Everybody can complain. Everybody sees what's wrong. Am I right? Anybody can do that. It takes the Holy Spirit to see hope. But we live by faith, not by sight. Complaining is to the devil what praise is to God. So hope, hope can be described as the joyful anticipation of good. Hope is the joyful anticipation of good. Complaining, on the other end, is this, can be described as the miserable anticipation of bad. I heard one... Uh, older gentleman say one time, I was walking behind him, 
And he saw his buddy, and he's like, hey, what's going on? No complaints. Wouldn't do much good anyways. I was like, man, that's good. That's a good word. No complaint, you know, can't complain, doesn't do much good anyways. And so grumbling was a sign that uh, it, was a, it was a hallmark of the Israelites that didn't enter into the promised land. They grumbled and complained, oh, man, I wish I was back in Egypt. We actually had uh, some meat and some bread. God was like, you want meat? I'll give you meat. Here's three-mile radius of, of uh, quail, knee-deep. You want bread? Manna every day. You want water? I'm actually making a boulder follow you around that has water pouring out of it. Has anybody ever noticed that? That still baffles me. It says the rock followed them. <laughs> you mean a rock pouring water followed them in the desert? Lord, only you would think of that. That's amazing. <laughs> so they had water everywhere they go. Remember what Isaiah 33 says? You're going to have food and your water is sure. They were his people. He was taking care of them. But they didn't enter the promised land because they grumbled. They complained. They wished they were somewhere else. And you can wish your life away wishing you were somewhere else in life. Just thank the Lord for where you're at right now. You're like, God, I don't see the end from the beginning. You do. That's what it says of the Lord, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, he sees the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. He will say, my purpose will stand, and I'll do all that I please. Lord, I don't know the end from the beginning. When Job thought he knew the end from the beginning, God said, Job, brace yourself like a man. And you counsel me. And he went into three chapters of, Job, do you do this? Do you do that? And Job says, Lord, I should have just been quiet. I repent in dust and ashes. He's like, you're a good son. Here's double the blessing. All right. So they complained. Grumbling was also a sign of the Pharisees. I have a Pharisee voice that I do an impression of. Luke 5.30 says, The Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners? <laughs> Jesus says, Well, the healthy don't need a doctor. The sick do. And they're like, oh, yes, okay, yeah. We can't, we can't catch him in anything. I love it. Jesus, so full of wisdom. Man, how many drop-the-mic moments did Jesus have in the Gospels? <laughs> they said, Lord, do we pay tax to Caesar or to God? He says, give to Caesar what Caesar's, give to God what's God. And they're like, rats. We can't kill them. We can't win an argument. We're going to have to frame them. 
So hope-filled thoughts. Thanksgiving starts making you think in a hopeful way. So I'm going to talk more about Thanksgiving in the weeks ahead, but this is, I'm telling you, Thanksgiving, top three weapons of warfare. <laughs> it will, you want to renew your mind? Just start giving thanks. Lord, I thank you. I got shoes on. They don't have holes in them. I got socks on. I don't have blisters. Lord, I got britches on. I'm not naked. God, I thank you. You fed me. You gave me water. Lord, thank you that we're meeting in the gym. And it's amazing. You gave us money for carpet and, and chairs. Father, thank you that you've diminished this hurricane. Thank you, John. You start thanking him. God, I, I, I have an old 2002 Honda Accord. That thing is probably the holiest vehicle on the, on the road. I bless that thing all the time. It's like, Lord, thank you for this car. I love this car. It's been so good and dependable. I bless you, Harry the Honda. There might be a halo above my car whenever we're going down the road. <laughs> Thanksgiving starts making you think in a hopeful way. It changes the posture of your heart. Steve Backlund said, any thought that's not glistening with hope is under the influence of a lie. Any thought that's not glistening with hope that doesn't have some kind of hope thread in it, it's under the influence of a lie. You're believing a lie because all of God's thoughts are hope-filled because he knows the end from the beginning and he says it's good. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11? I know the thoughts I have for you, plans for a hope in the future, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Right? That's his thoughts. David said, God, if I were to count, I can't count all your thoughts towards me. They're too amazing. Too, I just can't even do it. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Say amen to that, that, that prayer. That's a prayer. You get to pray. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and belief. So when we believe, guess what comes in? Joy and peace. Believing equals rest. So unbelieving equals no rest. Believing equals rest. Grumbling, complaining, you're not going to believe when you're doing that. Thanksgiving, you're gonna, your faith is going to rise. You want to up your faith levels? Just start giving thanks. Giving thanks is going to up your faith level. You want to decrease your faith level? Grumble and complain. It's a simple Christianity, practical Christianity 101. Ask Holy Spirit, say, I want my words to be full of hope and full of life, songs of deliverance, not songs of hindrance. All right. So we're going to take communion today. Uh, baby, come on up here. I know it's a good word. I just have something kind of about communion. So, um, so I just love, I love tools that are so practical. Like, how do you not get hopeless? Have hope. Like, put on the helmet. Like, don't even let it get started. How do you, you know, how do you not get overwhelmed by all the information? I mean, I'm so thankful that I get to have information, but sometimes I can get so overwhelmed because we have so much being sent to us every second of every day. So as we do that, just, just before you get on social media, before you turn on the news, put on the helmet of hope that we keep our salvation 
Because I was just thinking about the helmet of hope and the helmet of salvation. Now, I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. I'm just saying you forget it. You know, you forget that you're a blood-bought child of God and who you are, who Travis was just talking about. So, um, Stuart and Casey preached a couple weeks ago, and Stuart talked about what are you sowing? If y'all haven't heard that sermon, you should listen to it. It's on the podcast. Um, it's on the website. Um, so, this week, I just want to challenge you guys to sow Thanksgiving. And he talked about how one little kernel of corn reaps like hundreds of kernels of corn. So sow some thanksgiving into the stress around you. And just see what happens. Just give it a try. But I thought we'd start this morning. So we're going to take communion. And so um, maybe I could get some helpers. Um, So... Uh, maybe if, um, let's see, Amber, could you tell the kids who are back there that we're going to take communion? Because they always like to join us for communion. Um, for, Fernando Villalobos told me one of my favorite things about communion, and some of you have not heard it. Sophia's here this morning, so I know she's heard it. <laughs> he says, sometimes when we all get the communion elements out, we all get communion face. Any of y'all ever seen Communion Face? Jesus died for me. I'm so happy. I don't know what happens, but I, I realized I was one of those people. I did that. had Communion Face. And in that moment, I just thought, when Jesus comes back, I want to be, like, dancing and excited about him coming back. I want to be the one, like, waving the, the flags and the, hey, I'm so excited you're back. That's what I That's how I want to think when I'm taking communion. Jesus did die, and it, it like, needs to have a huge impact on us. But, like, no communion face. Like, we're celebrating that we're children of God. So, um, maybe Matt and Benjamin and Zach and Mark and Mark. I'll get both Marks. I got Mark. You want to come help help us with communion? So if y'all go get those breads and just kind of start passing them around, you just pull off some bread. And then um, I want you guys to find someone here that you're thankful for. You may not know anyone here, but just find someone that you're thankful for. And... It can be someone you are close to or someone you're not. Just tell them that you're thankful for them. It's just an opportunity to start exercising our thankfulness. And then um, you and, and those people, it may be more than one, y'all venture over and get yourself some grape juice, and we're going to take communion together. But as we go, I just want you all to to just find people. It'll be a little chaotic, but it's good. So y'all can get up and start moving around. And as you get your juice and your bread, um, come back to your seats, and we'll take communion as a family. We've got lots of family here. Um, We have Sissy Wetmiller in the house. (laughs) So Matt and Sissy got married. She hasn't been here since she was a Wetmiller. So um, 
And Sissy and Matt brought Sissy's parents with them, so we're always happy to have you guys here. Y'all are part of our family in so many ways. Um, Jesse Pilkington's dad, Mr. Johnny's here. He brought treats that are in the back. Really excited about that. Um, the Beards are here. Um, and we've got four of them. One isn't quite out of the oven yet, but, um, and the Lintons. So fun. So um, Deborah has her family here from Florida. Welcome. I'm glad y'all are here. So we have lots of people we've sent out that have rolled in and people who are just here to visit. So um, really excited. So y'all can start moving and start being thankful for each other and get your juice. It's going to take a minute. So start rolling. You got to get bread too. Take your time.
as if you'll find your way back to your seats. If you, or if you have communion, go back to your seat. If you have the elements, you can go back to your seats. celebrate communion together here in a moment. If you already ate your bread and drank your wine, you're totally, you're still good. You're still good. All right. Does everybody have a, y'all, y'all got yours? Oh, that's it? All right, gang, let's do this together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your, your body that was broken on our behalf, that by the stripes of Jesus we're healed. Lord, that you lost your image on the cross so that we could regain our image. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can eat the bread. recognize we take this cup as a recognition of your blood that was spilled it cleanses us from all unrighteousness makes us white as snow God and we can be pure and blameless not of our own merit but of your merit Jesus you are the lamb of God the perfect sacrifice the son of God we honor you as such we take the, the drink in your name everybody said hallelujah all right, we're going to have a time of ministry. So if we, I think everybody, every volunteer came this morning. So if you have experience doing altar ministry, if you're on our, if you're on our ministry team, come down front. We'd love to pray for you. We're going to worship in one more song, and you can come down and receive ministry during this time. Lifting 
Thank you, Lord. So, a couple things. Our prayer ministers are going to stay up here for a little bit. Sam, if you'll cue us up, some house music. We're going to put some house music on. And uh, you can come. We need a couple things. First off, if you have children in the toddlers or kids ministry, we need you to go retrieve them. Your children love you. I'm sure they miss your face. 
please go retrieve your toddlers or your children. And thank you for bringing them. We love kids. We actually believe they're the best thing we got. Biggest reason why we came here. So go get your kids and bring them again. Secondly, you're amazing. The cards that are in your seat that look like this, they have a green side and a black side. These are not to take home. They are helpful information if you'd like to get more info about the awakening or if you'd like to give. But please, bring them forward and we're going to put them right here on the altar. Thirdly, last thing, just like back at Livewire, we need help stacking the chairs. These chairs go 20 to a rack. Stuart and Zach are on each side, and they can show you guys how to do it. If you'll help us stack the chairs, and if anybody's able to hang around, we'd love to show you how to help get the carpet up and anything else. So let's get the chairs on the racks. If you want to come receive prayer, we're going to be up here for a few more minutes. Please come do that. Otherwise, chairs on the racks. We'll bring out the dollies, and we'll put the carpet on that. Thank you, guys.